RC Top 3, a weekly podcast of the top three stories from Regnum Christi. Honorary degree bestowed on CEO of Life Perspectives. Life Perspectives, the global leader in education, research, expertise, and support after reproductive loss, including miscarriage and abortion, without religious or political affiliation. Today announced, along with Divine Mercy University, DMU, a graduate school of psychology and counseling dedicated to the scientific study of psychology, that Life Perspective CEO, Michaeline Fredenberg, would receive an honorary Doctor of Humane Letters, honoris causa, from the university. Fredenberg was also tapped to be the 2021 commencement speaker for this year's graduating class. We wanted to recognize Michaeline's decades of work in fulfilling a vital need by supporting those suffering from pregnancy loss, said Father Charles Sikorsky, L.C., J.D., J.C.L., President of Divine Mercy University. Her efforts to help those grieving after reproductive loss are unprecedented and have had an enormous and positive ripple effect. Fredenberg is the founder, president, and CEO of Life Perspectives. Life Perspectives brings to light the widespread need for help that is faced by the millions impacted by miscarriage, abortion, and other reproductive losses. Life Perspective changes the way that people think and talk about pregnancy loss and creates traditions that focus on healing, remembrance, and hope. Life Perspectives offers a safe place for those impacted to receive the support that they need. I am so grateful and appreciative of this honor, said Fredenberg. I am thrilled to be recognized as a catalyst in changing our culture's perceptions and reactions to pregnancy loss. As one of the world's foremost experts on reproductive grief care, Michaeline Fredenberg has been interviewed on more than 100 radio and television programs discussing grief after pregnancy loss. Fredenberg is author of the book, Changed, Making Sense of Your Own or a Loved One's Abortion Experience, available in English, Spanish, Italian, Russian, and Ukrainian, and the booklet, Hope After Loss, that discusses miscarriage. Fredenberg is also editor of Grief and Abortion, Creating a Safe Place to Heal, and has written numerous articles about reproductive grief and loss. She has also testified before Congress and presented to delegates from across the globe. There are so many people who live with deep, unresolved wounds as a result of pregnancy loss, says Fredenberg. I am honored to be recognized for my efforts to make it culturally acceptable to acknowledge and listen to those who are impacted. According to Life Perspectives, two million couples experience reproductive loss in the U.S. each year with one out of four pregnancies ending in miscarriage and one out of four women undergoing an abortion by the age of 45. Although each of these losses occur very differently and feelings about them are as unique as fingerprints, those who do grieve after pregnancy loss often suffer silent and alone. Divine Mercy University has the deepest respect for Michaeline and her work, added Sikorsky. Our mission at DMU aligns with her goal, to provide refuge and compassion for families while respecting their dignity and mental well-being. We are pleased to offer Michaeline this well-deserved honorary degree and commencement speaker opportunity. What exactly is Conquest Club and why should boys join? Jesus Villarreal is a 2021 graduate of Pinecrest Academy and thrived during his 15 years at the private Catholic school in Cumming, Georgia. Conquest Club was a key part of his growth as a young Christian leader. Conquest is a Catholic youth ministry program for boys grades 5 to 12, which focuses on fostering faith, friendships with Christ, and positive life choices. 
Here's what Jesus had to say about his conquest experience. Why did you join Conquest Club in fifth grade? I joined Conquest because a lot of my friends were doing it, and it seemed like a fun club to be part of after school. What did you most enjoy about being a member of Conquest before becoming a team leader? The thing I most enjoyed about being part of Conquest before I was a team leader was the awesome retreats we got to go on. I remember multiple retreats in the spring and fall throughout middle school where we got to go to a retreat center in the mountains and play tons of fun games while also growing in our faith. The lessons and incredible experiences that were given to me by the missionaries and legionaries through Conquest are some of my favorite memories throughout lower and middle school. How has Conquest helped shape your faith? Conquest has helped me in my faith by showing me that, in a world where it is seen as ridiculous to be serious about religion, there are groups like Conquest, which are always there to help you not only grow in your faith, but also enjoy it. I have also created relationships in Conquest, which have lasted and will continue to last for years. Why did you become a team leader? I became a team leader as a way to serve my community here at Pinecrest. I wanted to help the middle schoolers and tell them the things I wish I had heard when I was their age. What do you hope to impart on the boys you lead? I hope to help prepare them for high school with a strong faith and strong values which will help them succeed no matter what they want to do. Additional thoughts, memories, recommendations about Conquest? If anyone is considering joining Conquest or sending their child to Conquest, I highly recommend for them to give it a shot and go once to see if they like it. It is absolutely worth it. In addition to his participation in Conquest during his time at Pinecrest Academy, Jesus was a member of the varsity football team and received the Scholar Athlete Award for football. He also played varsity lacrosse, where he served as captain. He was a member of the National Honor Society and National English, Math, Science, Social Studies, and Spanish Honor Societies. He received the Artistic Excellence Award in Theatrical Arts and served on the Student Council. After graduating from Pinecrest in May 2021, Jesus will attend Georgia Tech and major in Industrial Engineering. Lessons from the Workshop of St. Joseph by Father Daniel Brandenburg, L.C. Part 8. The Lowly. Social Status. My dad was never a blue-collar worker. Welder, yes, but he was always too grubby from the grit and grease in his welding shop to keep a collar blue. And usually his coveralls, face, and powerful hands were cased in black and gray, especially under fingernails and in the creases of skin. Whenever I organized tools or assisted with odd jobs, I looked the same, and it took powerful pumice soap to eke out some clean. Dirt taught me two lessons in Dad's shop. First, because our family was not high on the social status meter, I learned that there is no correlation between social rank and a person's true dignity, worth, intelligence, or capacity. Crooks and jerks might be rich and influential, courted by everyone, but they still are who they are. Money and esteem don't change that. Simple folk and saints might be poor and forgotten, ignored and scorned by all, but still great in God's eyes. Wealth and social status don't give character, and they never bring lasting happiness. The second lesson immersed in the grit was that because external appearances matter little, you should treat every person with dignity and respect. All shapes, types, and colors of customers came into my dad's shop looking for scraps of metal, a custom project, or a repair on equipment. All had to be treated equally well. That was a sound business principle, 
But more importantly, my dad saw it as a sound Christian principle. Everyone deserves respect until they prove otherwise. Surprisingly, sometimes those most delinquent in paying their bills were not the poor, but the well-to-do. Stereotype boxes poorly reflect the uniqueness and richness of each person. I think these are lessons St. Joseph learned at the crib of his Savior Son. Appearances were deceptive. This baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, defenseless, babbling, suckling, and soiling himself. This was the Messiah? Was this what they'd been waiting for? This defenseless baby was going to save his people from their sins? The evidence before his eyes did not concur with what faith believed. But faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. St. Joseph the Just, like his forefathers Abraham, Isaac, and Joseph of Egypt, believed, even though his eyes did not perceive the dignity and grandiosity of this baby, nor could his mind grasp how these salvation promises were going to play out. Appearances can indeed be deceiving. God allows his son to be born in utter poverty, not near the warmth of a hearth, not in the comfort of a home, not surrounded by crowds of supporters, not noted by the town notables. Cold, itinerant, forgotten, unnoticed, like so many billions of waifs born in obscurity throughout history. And if all of this were not enough to impart a lesson of poverty and dignity, now a band of lowly shepherds arrives at the stable with a wild story. And in that region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Be not afraid. For behold, I bring you good news of a great joy, which will come to all the people. For to you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a babe, wrapped in swaddling clothes, and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste, and found Mary and Joseph, and the babe lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying which had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary kept all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 20. Mary pondered all this in her heart. Joseph must have also. What could all this mean? Angels appearing to outcasts? Because that's what the shepherds were. From the vantage point of the religious lawyers, the shepherds sank lower than even homeless beggars, due to their ritual impurity and inobservance of the prescriptions of the law. God does crazy things. God speaks in one way and in two, though man does not perceive it. Job chapter 33, verse 14. His ways are not our ways. Instead of a royal welcome for the Messiah from King Herod or the Jewish high priest, he orchestrates an angelic announcement to a motley crew of outcast shepherds. God's criteria are so different from ours. For us, social acceptance drives behavior. We do not want to be excluded, and we naturally desire the esteem of others.
This can lead us to shun those we consider beneath us, or curry favor with those above. The passage with the shepherds shows us that God does neither, nor does the righteous man, St. Joseph. Indeed, throughout salvation history, God favors the weak and lowly. Shepherds were scorned by good society because they didn't keep the Sabbath laws and lived like beasts. And yet God sends the angels to them, not to the royal or religious leaders. Later in life, Jesus himself would say that he did not come to call the righteous, but sinners. God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly. With his choice of the shepherds and all the lowly throughout history, God elevates in dignity, displays his power, and shows me how to treat others as you would have them do to you. Distinctions in class or social rank are our ways, not God's. For more resources, visit www.regnumchristi.org or download the Regnum Christi English app today.